What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Fully Pin Podcast. Of course, our guest is Toby Gibbons, aka Tony Cruz. This is a really cool episode because you're going to get to see an insight into the life of a young up-and-coming racer. He's a really, really talented dude, very, very switched on, and it's dope because you're going to get to see what it takes uh, and what he's kind of doing to you know, take his career on a mountain bike to the next level. Of course, as per usual, we have a fantastic yarn. We have a great laugh. You're going to enjoy the stories, enjoy the banter. So let's kick it off, episode seven, with Tony Cruz. Toby Gibbons, it's a go. Let's go. Just came along, like, every time, like, we go to drop into a run, I'm like, oh, you go, I'm just cruising. They yeah, just merge the two. One of the, one of the dudes just merged <laughs> the two. He's like, yo, Tony Cruz. A dream build. Have you ever, like, I... I have a team that, you know, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love <laughs> He got me good. I'm a uni student, I don't have the money to replace a wheel, so. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to the Fully Pinned Podcast episode, I'm sorry I had to count it last time, this will be episode 7, uh, with Toby, Toby Gibbo, um, Tony Cruz, aka Tony Cruz, the superhero, we're going to find <laughs> out about that. Um avid mountain biker just come back from crankworks had a solid outing there got big goals big dreams this is what we're here to talk about bro thanks for coming on yeah cheers stoked to be on it really cool like it'd be cool to have some of the young up-and-comers like on like this this is one of the reasons i've said to a couple of people like i want to have an opportunity like there's a lot of talent out there there's a lot of you know cool personalities and um Followed yours for a bit and I thought, hey, if he's keen to have a yarn, let's get him on. Yeah, I'm always keen for a good yarn. Yeah. Look, I think good a good chat is is like underrated. Like people underestimate like, you know, the connections you can build, the cool things that can come up. You know, you can come away from a good conversation, you know, a good healthy conversation feeling really good. I I think it's a um a good yarn solid. Yeah, 100%. Um, Firstly, though, like I said, a.k.a. Tony Cruz, just before we hit the record button, (laughs) you said, I don't, because I asked you, um, what is that? It's, look, I'm so sure Toby's your actual name because I've seen, you know, race results, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously people announcing you at Crankworks when you, when you come down the hill, how did you get, like, what's, what's the deal behind the nickname? Tell us about that. Um, yeah, so, like, Toby always just gets auto-corrected to Tony every time you type a message. And so my mates, like, every time they text me, it's always just Tony anyways. And so they started calling me Tony. <laughs> um, Whether you want to hear it or not, eh? Yeah, it's just something, like, it's the harsh reality. I just had to accept it. But it's not too like, bad. Could be worse things. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the Tony what's part. The, what's the cruise yeah, just like the second bit? Just came along like every time like we go to drop into a run, I'm like, oh you go, I'm just cruising. And so they yeah, just merged the two. Just... One of the one of the dudes just merged the two. He's like, yo, <laughs> Tony Cruz. It's like it's actually a pretty sick nickname, like Yeah, kinda like it's stuck. And so now I've got my YouTube thing, which is like Tony's TV and <laughs> Yeah, Tony's TV. A dead set can see a race jersey or, like, you know, a merch line, like, limited drop, 20 tees, you know, five smalls, five mediums, like, five yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Just we're working on AK, it. AKA and then the T Cruise on the back. It's kind of like how Frother's got, like obviously it's not his name, but how his race jersey. Yeah. Frother on the back, like it's so sick. That's the sickest thing, Frother's jersey. I love it. Oh, right, it's so good. Like, and it's funny, you know, you think about it in the game. He's an absolute legend, and obviously, like he's been blowing up. I've been trying to, I'm trying to hustle to get him on, but like obviously he's living it up at the moment, just having the time of his life. But when he is on a track, it's like everybody is like, is like, oh, that's on that yeah. guy. And I feel like Tony Cruz or T Cruz, like on a jersey, it could be the same thing, bro. Yeah, we'll see. I'll try to get Huck the World around to, to put it on a jersey or something. Dude, that that's would be saying. dope. So, you know, you're 19 now. How did you get onto bikes? Was it just a thing like, was your, did you have folks who into bike or an older sibling? Did your parents be like, here's a bike, and that was it? Like, what's kind of your backstory there, bro? Um, so, kind of started, like, my dad, he used to be a triathlete. Um, so, he's yep. always loved his cycling. That was, like, his strongest leg in the triathlons. Um, so, yep. he's always loved that. And then, growing up as a kid, we had a farm up the coast of um, New South Wales, up at Foster. And we had a decision, like, we we're either getting motorbikes or a TV. And obviously, like, I've got two brothers and a sister, so the boys outweighed it, and we all, we all got motorbikes. Yes. And so I learned to ride them when I was, like, three. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Just like a little peewee or something? Yeah, on a little peewee 50. Yeah. Blew the springs out on that pretty quickly, but... Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then rode motorbikes, like, all my life up until I was kind of racing and then I had some big injuries doing that like four years ago so I stopped and yeah kind of in those last couple of years of ra- racing moto me and my mates were just like going to the BMX track or built little jumps in the bush behind my place and yeah eventually got a mountain bike to do that and when I stopped racing moto I was like let's give this mountain bike thing a proper go and bought myself a good bike and yeah away it went kind of just working out yeah you would have to be like, oh, man, heaps of like, I mean, heaps of uh, MTB guys have either had moto or BMX experience, or if they are just mountain bikers, that's, you know, BMXing, you know, or riding BMX and riding moto is something they do on the side or for training. Did you get a lot of, um, like, I've heard this like kind of as, as so, like a resounding theme. Did you get like a, a lot of carryover with the bike control stuff you learned from riding moto when you jumped on the mountain bike? Yeah, a lot of it kind of carries over. Like, your body position's very similar. Um, except yeah. with the motor, you grip the seat a lot with your knees. You don't really do yeah. that on the bike. Um, but, yeah. like, all the looking through corners, like, dipping the bike over and kind of getting, like, the fundamentals of it, all transferred super easy. So, I guess I was able to pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah, gotcha. And you would have actually, I mean, without without thinking about it, like, I don't know if you do a lot, a lot of gym work, or, you know, training and stuff outside of it, but throwing a moto around and then throwing a bike around, there would have been a lot of strength transfer, I'm guessing, as well. Like, you would have been a gut knot and be like, oh, man, this is... It Did it feel easy to throw around, like, a, a mountain bike compared to... I mean, it almost sounds like a silly question, but did you find that you, like, fell into it pretty quick when you got on it? Yeah, definitely. Like, I kind of... 
picked up the mountain bike or whenever we went to the BMX track and I started doing the bigger jumps, like I was able to like get the, the BMX bike or the mountain bike whipped out a lot more than I could on a moto. And yeah, cause it's so much lightweight and you're already using a lot of the same muscles in your core and back. It's yeah. kind of a bit easier to do. So yeah. It just goes. Yeah. That's interesting to know like how I, it kind of comes from like, I if you've like Dragon Ball Z and I have Piccolo always, I don't know if you know much about Dragon Ball Z, but there's a character on it called Piccolo and he always wear that like weighted vest. Um, when he took this weighted vest off, like he would get like a surge in power cause he just always has it on. And I kind of feel like people that have ridden moto, it's like the same sort of thing. They get on the bike and be like, Oh damn. Like it's, you know, it's kind of like the same sort of idea. Like it's similar. Like this is, this is chill. Because before, um, oh look, correct me if I'm wrong. Aaron Gwynn, like massive moto guy, massive yeah. moto guy. Before he got into, um, as I listened to, oh, um, Jace McAlpine's potty that yeah. he did with, um, and I was I was just like, ah, oh, and his jujitsu story that was so sick. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah but I like the Gypsy Tales podcast. That's sick. Yeah, it is so fat. Um. But yeah, he just found the same thing, like same sort of carryover. Because obviously, doing such big, did, is it was it the same with jumps? Like obviously, you do such m- massive jumps on moto. Did did you find like BMX and do you find sending it a little bit easier on a mountain yeah, bike? I guess I had like all the you get your body position, your head like in line with the bars. Yeah, um, that's all good, and your judgment as well of like distance and speed. That's yeah, okay, been pretty good for me so yeah it's something that i um i uh now because i'm 36 so I, like there's a, there's a bit of age here but when i was riding continuously like years ago in high school it's not something i would have thought about because when when i was a kid i just sent everything but something mm. i'm like like really struggling with now speed management and the right speed to hit stuff with so mm. It, no, I think it, it'll, it'll, you know, it'll come eventually. But man, if I had the coin, I'd definitely invest in. Uh, I, I would love to have a little moto for myself and for my son to whip around on. A, eh? it yeah. is such good fun, man. So, how did you get tied in like some of the teams and stuff that you're working with now? Was it? Did you have an affiliation or like a connect or? You know, how did how did like you know Huck the World come about and? Like how how did that all happen for you? Um, so yeah, it's kind of like they each have their own little story. Um, I like yeah, cool. the pivot pivot came about. My cousins were family friends with one of the dudes that worked there. Um, they yep. ended up yeah, ended up like following Sick. me for a bit. I was gonna get a bike from them, but then I, I got a job at a bike shop and bought a different bike through there. And then they followed my results a bit more, and then. When I was time to get a new bike, they reached out and like, hey, we'll put you on a Firebird. That was when the new ones come in. And so whoop, whoop. that came about pretty cool. And that's obviously done through Jet Black. So all the Jet Black stuff and 661. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yep. That all came about that way. Huck the World, I was just riding at Threadbow and saw, saw one of my friends and did a lap with her. And um, Muzzy, the guy that runs it, he, he was tagging along and... Met him through there and yeah, kind of saw the shred. 
started through there and then a lot of the others are just met at races and I've reached out yeah, to them yeah, or they've cool. come to me. So That's cool. It's always like I like hearing like what oh man, I think everyone loves a good origin story. Like I love hearing those ins and outs and those different things that because each of those little things that you do is like a stepping stone to, you know, the, the goals that you have. Do you have aspirations like or something that you want to tick off in the next six, eight 12 months, like a couple of years, do you want to get on a World Cup circuit? Like, obviously, you know, you just, we were talking before, you just did Crankworks. Uh, what's the, the plans for, for riding, bro? Yeah, so goals are definitely, like, I want to get over. I want to be getting consistent, like, good results at the World Cups. So next year, I'm yeah. doing my first season of hopefully going to get to all of the Enduro World Cups next year. Um, yeah. So I'm just doing that as a privateer. It'll be my last year in the under-21s. Yep. Um, and yeah, then from there, goal is like to try get on a team. That's obviously everybody's dream to be able to do riding as a job. But I don't oh, know. Take bro, it. How wild. Yeah. Just how take it one step at a time. It's like I've been watching all the hardline stuff, and like unfortunately it got cancelled. But like, just oh, can you just rock like just the idea of like being somewhere at seven a.m. Like you got to clock in for your job, <laughs> yeah. But you got to, it's to go send it down like the gnarliest mountain, <laughs> like yeah. It's like instead of it's, clocking in your time card, you're clipping in your pedals. It's yeah, it's like such a crazy a thing. As I, I listened to um, Bernard Kerr's, uh, you know, he's trying to do a lot. With, like he's trying to do the riders' union with all the change, changes that have been made, and um. He, and he said, like, I get to ride bikes and people pay me to ride a bike. And it's this, this is, you know, obviously this is like elite, elite level. You know, I've bought a house. There's so much this, is, this has given me. Like, it's such a gnarly thing that you, you never, you hear about guys like ages ago, like pros, like talking about the, the money they're on. And there was no way they could have ever bought a house. Like, it's so cool to see. And, like, MTB is still such a small sport on the grand scale of things, but it's so cool to see that, you know, you as a young person, be like, damn, that's something I can actually work towards. Yeah. It's definitely cool seeing how the sport's growing. Like, even since I first started riding, so many people are getting into it. And yeah. It's definitely cool knowing that there's a possibility to actually make, like, a a good living as an athlete in this sport big time i mean obviously you know you know track sports basketball rugby football all the different you know codes like uh combat sports like there's so much so much coin of it but like the fact that now uh, people start talking about you know it's like it's cool it's got to be mo it's got to be 100 like it's motivating for you guys how does what you're studying now um tie into like kind of what you where you want to go um with with the bike riding bro well yeah obviously i'm studying sports media and communications it's um yeah gonna hopefully lead me into a position where i can work for either a magazine company or other brands creating content or reporting on races um yep. which is something that i already make my own youtube videos at races and do all that stuff which kind of makes me gives me the idea that all that is stuff I can do while racing alongside of it. So Yeah. I like that. 
That's dope. Yeah. Um, kind of dip your foot in the pot, so to speak, before, you know, how like that opportunity comes about. How long's the course? Uh, it's a three-year course, so. Yeah. yeah Are you first I'll... year or second? This is my first year, so I'm just about to start second semester, but it's all going really good. Enjoying it? Yeah, loving it. It's definitely That's the right sick. course for me. It's pretty hard to, like, man, like, you just hear so many stories that, like, people dropping out from this, from what they think they needed. So it sounds like you're pretty, like, switched on. And you must have done a fair bit of research before you picked exactly what it was you were going to do. Yeah, I kind of looked in, like, I was, like I said, I was thinking about studying engineering, um, did some research that wasn't right for me. My girlfriend, she studies sports and exercise science, which is another course I was kind of thinking of. But, yeah, I knew I wanted to do something that could keep me close to the industry. Um, and, yeah, found this course and looked into it, and it just, yeah, clicked. Like, I'm already doing a lot of the media and content creation, so, That's yeah, dope. thought it'd be good. That's dope. <clears throat> if you could... You know, if uh, or I, I almost ask everyone this question: If you could sign, uh, I mean, it's easy to say now because you've got the pivot pivot shirt on. But ask a hard question: If you could sign with the team, drop of a hat, who would it be? Um, oh, it's different for like different disciplines. You know, if I was doing enduro, okay, okay, now run them out, run them out. I think downhill, like, it's kind of hard to say no to like the Santa Cruz Syndicate or Specialized. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then again, no, this new like, this new Pivot Phoenix that's coming out is really cool. Right, it looks so good. Yeah, from what I've heard from the team, like through Pivot Australia, apparently oh, it's yep, yep, insane. Yep. So, that like they can change the geometry via the three D printed carbon lugs. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So they can kind of three D print like whatever they want it's it's a lot of science i don't know everything on it so i'm obviously not gonna make heaps of comments yeah. on it but it's crazy i got into oh I'll, I'll, man i don't i don't know many oh look actually i do i know guys that were like full bmx and that ride motor now and they don't really care about like the, you know they probably never checked their sag or like you know what parts of which and psi this and you know how many chain links that like they they, they just got their bike so it works, but I love nerding out about it. And I've read most – I actually should finish it. But um, Plo MTB's article on the prototype, and I was just like – you know, you're just kind of like scratching your head. You think about – you know, Rob Warner talks about riding fully rigid, like bikes down this, and now it's here. Mm. Like it's freaking gnarly. Do you know – do you, could you explain to me how it's it's like an idler idler system, but it's got a third cog. Is that correct? Am I, am yes. I remembering that correctly? How because it, it goes obviously with the idler system, you've got the rear uh, cassette and then it goes up and down. But there's another little one. Do do you know what the purpose of that is? Um. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of there's like the chain ring. Yes. Yeah, yep. Yep. Two idler pullers up there so that they can run the two chains that they've got going on 
So wild. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know fully how it all works with when it, like, compresses and stuff, but it's so that the chain, like, it, essentially you need an idler pulley because when your suspension compresses with a yep. with a high pivot, your chain, like, stay grows, essentially, your length from your bottom bracket to your rear wheel. Yeah, grows, yeah, because so. it extends out. So when you come over whatever it's going over, it accelerates, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're doing that to yeah that's their own way of kind of doing that and yeah the two chains is like mind-blowing but apparently it works better than just having a normal idler pulley very interesting and i i like i don't mind most of the pivot designs and frames like i'm, I'm pretty simple in the things that I, I could literally ride a plane back bike for the rest of my life i just like simple stuff but when i saw like Bernard obviously bring out that thing that and they had the close-ups of like how nice the carbon stitching was and then the orange and it's like just black with orange but then having those like silver like lows I was like oh that's actually so nice it's probably the best looking bike in my opinion that they've put out in a while 100% it's just got the raw look like it looks so nice it literally looks like something that's been bolted, but not in a bad way. Like this, this will probably sound random as, but it looks like something that's just been bolted together in, you know, some back room of a factory, but in a nice way. Like yeah, it, really, it just looks looks real industrial. Is probably the word that I'm looking for. Yeah, it's like it's got a weird but stylish look to it yeah. with the lugs. I think the lug lug frames are like coming back a bit. It's cool. Well, like Athlet and Bikes were kind of doing, I think they're doing the same thing with the new AM 2.0 or the 200 yeah. 2.0, whatever it is. Um, I yeah. think the new Specialized as well. Their prototypes are lugged slightly as well. So, Is that, that's the one Bruni's riding at the moment that's got the cover around the... Yeah. See, that's funny because they've always had like a, Specialized have had like you know that little piece that connects to the um seat tube or something like funky going on, but then you see, I think because I think Finn is riding it as well, and it's looks real simple. Mm. It looks real simple, it actually, looks super dope. Um, yeah. you mentioned earlier though, I was just I just remembered this you gonna try and do the enduro world series. Do you predominantly want to do enduro because I've or is it downhill, like, or you do you want to try and do both here and there? Yeah, definitely, like, enduro is kind of where my heart's at. Growing up, obviously, but when I started riding, I didn't have my license, so I couldn't drive to places to do shuttle days or downhill days, and so I always just had yeah. an enduro bike. Um, yeah. So I was already pedaling around to each of the tracks, doing the longer rides. Um, and, yeah, I only just got my first downhill bike this year but oh really yeah so just that uh crankworks was my first actual race on it but gnarly yeah but anyways back to the point the enduro is just like a lot more my style and i prefer the longer runs when i guess yeah, like five okay. to ten minutes that's kind of where i excel so the fitness side of things yeah um do you I was actually, I went for a walk with the fans um, yesterday 
And the the walk that we did, I used to do like it's a four k walk, but I used to do it like sub nineteen minute run, I think. And like it's not like by all means, like it's not like crazy good, but it's like pretty decent to go like sub twenty minutes for like a four k. Um, but I thought out of all the sports that I've done, running was the hardest, right? Just because you have to have your mind, like as soon as your mind collapses, your body's just. It's just like you can't hold that pace. And I think like about Jack Moore being so um so sick and still getting ninth at the last you know, overall at the last um the last round. And those stages are like six you what you know, six to seven, sometimes eight stages, anywhere from six to ten minutes. Yeah. Like full peg. Like that is gnarly. And obviously, it's a diff like downhill is a different skill, but fitness wise, I honestly I think mentally enduro would be harder because of how the desperate the desperation your body has to go through to like stay fast because you have to stay fast for ten minutes. It's not three and a half minutes. Like you have to stay far or two, two and a half minutes, three minutes, whatever it is. Like you have to stay fast for eight to 10 minutes. Yeah. It's definitely like a lot more mental than downhill, I think. At least to me, it is. You got to, you got to plan out your stages. This is what like everybody who's a downhill racer that asks like how to go about an enduro race. You got to plan out your stages, like where to attack, where you're going to catch your breath back. Um, yeah, yeah. What a, what are lines that are worth taking? And, yeah, it's kind of a lot more mental battle getting through the day as well. Do you – what is it like – I kind of know what southeast – because I'm obviously I'm on the Gold Coast. I kind of know what southeast Queensland like. For you, what does a race season look like at the moment? Do you have a little bit of help getting around to other things in other states? Or, like, locally, what can you race, you know, in AC like ACT at the moment? Like, what is there for you to race in wise so in Canberra, there hasn't been a heap of racing. There's been um, the Rocky Trail Superflows come here twice a year. Yeah. Um, they're both at Stromlo on the north and the south side of the hill, which is some really good riding there. But apart from that, we get one state round, state enduro round. Yeah. Um, and then we haven't had it for a couple of years, but the Canberra Off-Road Association, they're just starting up some – they just announced the dates today, actually, um, some club enduro rounds. So – but yeah, it's kind of spread out. They're never never really super close together. So, do you do you find? And this is at my first guest, Jack Drury. He's like absolutely shredding um, the Queensland series. Won the Ilumbar third round of the um, or a winter downhill series at Ilumbar on an enduro bike. Like smoked the field by like five seconds. Guys are Guys are beast. I'm sure you guys will bump into each other at some stage. Um, but he is it's kind of like the same same thing. It seems quite hard outside of the Rocky thing to find a consistent race series for Enduro at the moment. Mm. Are you finding you're having to travel a bit to get like because doing two races a year, if you've got aspirations to go to a pro level isn't really sufficient. Are you finding you're having to travel a bit during the year to stay race ready, I guess? Yeah, definitely. Like the travel kind of, I'd say like the summer 
is kind of when most of the racing is. Like we go to the Victorian rounds there, really competitive. Um, and yeah, there's like a lot of racing kind of around the um, summer period. But yeah, winter, there's definitely, if I want to do a lot of racing, i got to travel around. So that's like I was up in Cairns for Crankworks. Obviously, that's a big event. But yeah, yeah if, I, if I want to do any enduro stuff, i got to travel a fair bit. So. Man, it's brutal. Like for, for a thing that seems to be, you know, downhill slope style, like I think that's something that's always going to be here. But for something that seems to be, a little bit easier, you know, in regards to like, you know, down, man, riding bikes is expensive full stop. Yeah. But like having a full race ready, like DH bike is, is just gnarly. Like it seems like enduro is a really good way. If you say, Hey, you want to do a race? You want to, you try it. It's a good way for someone to, uh, have it crack at it without, cause you can cruise through, like you don't have to, like most people, if they want to go try a downhill race, they turn up to the track and be like, "Oh, they've never done a race before." They can't exactly just pitch them down the, themselves down a hill unless they have some sort of experience. But you can go to an enduro and try it. So I find it, you know, and have you know have some sort of fun, be relatively safe, do it at your own pace, and then if it's for you, you can push it more. So I find it like crazy that there's not more going on that there doesn't seem to be more being pushed here in Oz because it seems to me like it, it is growing in its popularity yeah yeah definitely that's like something that Rocky Trailers capitalized on with their Superflow series they've realized that Enduro is like everybody who mountain bikes is like 90% of them would have an Enduro bike yeah I and I've got one um, like <laughs> yeah and <laughs> you like know? you can go you, all the little kids they want on dual suspension bikes nowadays and they're yeah and then they want to get into racing and the rocky trail like they make the tracks a lot safer than what a normal club down or state downhill round would be um yep and you can do them at your own pace you can yeah it's all about the riding really with enduro you get more riding at a safer and like less high risk and I mean. yeah yeah i'd like to i'd like to see more um I'd like to see more of it because I did, I did uh, the Toowoomba Superflow back in. Uh, sorry, this uh, Schweppes is coming back at me. <laughs> um, I did the Toowoomba Superflow back in May, and I loved it. Like I was like, this is definitely something I want to do more. But I don't think I could have tried a race another way. Yeah. Type thing, like you know, there was a perfect way. Like there was only one or two stages that were, you know, past five minutes. Like, I'm not unfit, but, you know, I'm not, like, you know, pro-level fit. So it was, like, the perfect, like, in-between sort of thing. Like, it still has the same thing. Got to push up. Um, But you get, obviously, with the Rocky Superflow, you get uh, to do the uh, trails as many times as you want as well. So it's a great way for people to get experience through a day, whereas some races you might get, some practice hours and then race run. Yeah. So it'd be really cool to see. I'd look, I don't know. This is like really far fetched, but it'd be dope to see like Oz cycling, uh, do something because Fox, you know, the super flow has already got something so mapped out. 
imagine if they could like merge and yeah you know i don't yeah. know if it'd be possible but it'd be cool to see yeah it'd be good to see but yeah i'm unsure with the rocky trail stuff i don't know if they're an oz cycling like governed series oh, no, I, yeah you don't no, need to have not. an oz cycling license no you really. don't that i don't they're not but i it'd be it'd make sense because the only points grab in queensland for enduro is in rockhampton i think yeah i think it's in rockhampton so there's no other way to get points towards a like oh you know overall like national standings except for that one race and like it's a pretty crazy thing like you think about flights and you gotta like pay for packing for your bike then accommodation just for a, a chance to get some points there's no guarantee that you're going to finish top five or you know, finish, you know, it's, it's hard for people. It it sounds like it's almost too hard for people that really do want to go further without having to fork out so much money for travel. Yeah. Well, yeah, it it is expensive. I did the super flow last year in Rockhampton because there was an AWS qualifier. Yeah. So they had points there. And so, yeah, I flew up to that one and yeah, it gets like expensive because it's hard to keep your bike under the 23 kilos or whatever you have to. So you have to pay like hundred bucks extra luggage and then oh. you get there, got to get the rental car and like accommodation. It adds oh, up. It would then, just rack up so quick. Yeah, it does. And I got there and I was having an issue with my bike because got um, the box broke on the airline. And, um, oh. Yeah, so I had an issue with my brake hose and then, yeah, feeling a little bit sick like i hadn't flown in years so i think maybe it could have been something to do with that i have no clue but yeah it's nothing like in this sport everything can go wrong and right yeah. so true oh my gosh and it, and it could happen at any time and like you could literally have everything running perfectly and something breaks and you're like i don't understand why this is broken yeah like it just yeah, you know, I don't understand why this is snapped. Oh, all of a sudden I have no power in my front brake. Like yeah. you know, or you know why why did my spoke snap? Why mm. have I just lost another spoke? Like it's brutal, bro. Yeah, that's what like that happened to me at Enduro Nationals last year. Like my front brake seized up on one of the stages. Uh, well, you mean like closed, closed, like the piston? Yeah, just locked. I have no clue like what could happen to it but i don't know how it works it was a muddy one so i think maybe some mud or something got in the pistons and stopped them from going back or it's like i don't know i just don't know and you spent so much money then all of a sudden race is over Mm, yeah like dad flew down with a like spare parts from his bike and mum and i drove and I was oh, mid. Sorry. I was mid HSC for school as well, so it was like. Oh, it sounds like you're putting the the rents through a little bit of hell there. <laughs> oh yeah, that one was that one was a bit gnarly, but yeah, I go to most of the races myself nowadays, so they're getting their break. Hey, um, uh, are the teams that you're rocking with helping out where they can. Yeah, so Fox, they um were yeah, a cool. huge help. Um. They yeah the super flows there, 
if I need to travel for them, if they've got a couple riders going, they'll like get accommodation if they have to, and they've always got the tent there. Um, yeah. With like bike mechanic and uh, yeah, they're definitely the biggest help. Huck the world are really good as well. Um, Epic, bro. There's always a couple Huck the world riders there, and we all help each other out. And I like it, bro. Yeah. That's sick. No, it's good. It's like oh, I, was, I kind of was like, oh, I don't know if I should ask this question, but you know. Like you said, you've got these aspirations, and I was like, it's good to hear that like businesses are putting, or I mean, not you know, obviously putting cash into, but just it's so funny how man, yes, yeah, sweet, we'll we'll chalk your accommodation for three nights, like they just saved you like five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's you know what I mean, like that. Yeah, it's huge. Like it's yeah. such a good help. It's good to see that these smaller businesses or like these businesses are helping riders on that mid-local level so they can you know hopefully get that next kind of um uh you know hey if you can save money from the help that you get this year and it gets you on the world series next year even if you even if it pays for your baked beans out of the van you're probably going to drive around in europe like yeah you know what i mean like it's all something yeah 100 percent. like if even like even if you're just getting not free stuff, you're just getting a little discount. That ten dollars goes right. a long way. Like you can get microwave rice and a can of tuna for ten bucks. Like five oh, bucks. Sorry. Yeah, it's a good meal and like special <laughs> goes hard. You can get a bag of spinach with that. Yeah, and then you're getting your fiver with your deep leafy greens. Yeah. Like it goes a long way. If you can save up that stuff from in any way possible it, it yeah definitely helps when you got companies supporting you like that yeah man it's good to hear what's the next like what's the next step like next step for you like obviously we've you know you've had a like a crank worse you want to do obviously focus on enduro you want to try and get an enduro world circuit world circuit next year oh no sorry edr Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to calling it that. It's still EWS to me. Yeah, oh, it's even like you even hear like some of the pro riders in their vlogs still calling it like, the EWS stuff. But what's the process here now? You know, obviously we've set you've set the goal for World Series next year. What are you like? What are you got to do between now and then? Um, so I've already pretty sure I've already qualified. I went to the tassie rounds this year and just raced in yep. the open categories yep um and yeah i got good good enough results there to get the qualifying points yeah don't. um so yeah that's a big re- like relief off my shoulders um yep. last year i was trying to qualify so i could race this year but i just missed out by a couple spots um brutal so yeah this year that's like already an improvement and then yeah, kind of just training, getting fit, staying healthy. I'm working working with um my coach, Energy Link uh, Training. They're yeah, really working me hard and just try and get ahead of everybody for next year. Good. Well, but that's the thing, like you don't you, you just never know like how much work it's going to require. So it's like foot. It's important to have you know. With I think personally for me, if I have a goal, I I can't really do. It's caused me some grief sometimes because I get so focused and it's like there's if you have a goal, there's one way to achieve that thing and then you either do it or you don't and then anything in between doesn't get you the result 
that yeah. you know, that you want. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, definitely. Like my priority is yeah, trying cool. to get overseas. That's I'm so close, like reaching my dreams. It's it'd be crazy not to give it everything. So, oh, bro, man, you like I said before, you're young and you're in a place where it's just like. It'd be the type of thing that if you didn't have a crack, you know, 30, 40 years on, you're going to be like, ah, like, yeah, spot on. You'd just be absolutely spewing about it. Um, What's the training like for you at the moment? Like you said, they're like, they're working you hard. Like what does a, what does a, what's, what's a Monday look like? Or how, how does that work out for you? Like, obviously you've got uni, you're still working, but um, what does a training week look like for you? Yes. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, I'm on the stationary bike doing sprints or yep. gradual like building sessions. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're pretty hard. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll go to the gym. Um, I'll also try and ride the mountain bike on those days as well. Um, yep. And yeah, stretching every morning, every night, obviously like that is a huge help, but yeah, and then mountain bike on the weekends when I can. So just a lot what, of riding. Man, how, what sort of Ks are you clocking? I mean, obviously you said you got to get out on the mountain bike, but what sort of Ks do you clock just riding in a week? Um, oh, I'd have to look at my Strava, but it's generally like if I if I stick and get all my sessions in, I'll be like around 150 Ks, which – for a mountain bike, I'd say it's a fair bit, but in the road world, that's nothing. That's one ride. Oh, yeah, it's like I just go for a lazy hundred today, like. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, not super high Ks, but it's a lot more kind of efforts, like five-minute sprints. and. Yeah, different work. Like, it's a, it's a different body of work trying to achieve what you are than just going a long distance. Yeah. Type thing, which doesn't require particular uh, – doesn't require strength from particular muscle groups the same way that you do, yeah. or, you know, or that like a downhiller or a, you know, a dirt jumper might, you know, need more explosive legs, you know, for pop. But it makes sense to for you to be doing sprints, for you to be doing five minute intervals, for you to be doing, especially going towards, you know, riding enduro stuff. Yeah. It's definitely just getting your legs comfortable with spinning Ks and yeah, you gotta. It's a weird balance because you gotta be able to have the explosiveness when you need to. Um, yeah. You've also got to have the upper body strength to be able to tack a downhill course and. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all lengthy. It's it's funny like how a, there seems to be like a huge emphasis. I know I. Man, I just consume so much, like probably unhealthy amounts of like YouTube podcasts, MTB articles, this and that. Like, it seems to me like in the past three, four years that like training outside of riding a bike has become more prominent for mountain biking athletes and like athletes on bikes than it ever has been. Like, it's just, you know, there's the guy that runs um, Fit for Racing, he does all this stuff for YT. Um, like a YT mob, like he's got like a whole business based off of programs for mountain bikers. Mm-hmm. Like I just never, when I was a kid riding bikes, 
excuse me, when I was a kid riding bikes, I never, ever would have thought that I'd have to go to a gym to get better at riding my bike. Yeah, it's crazy how much, like, off the bike actually helps. This is my first year actually going to the gym. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just my upper body strength and my core strength is improved so much. Like, I'm able to really just attack the downhills and control the bike so much more. What's yeah. what does the, the upper body work look like for you? Like what sort of um, sets, reps, like well, even what exercises, bro? Um, yeah, so I do four sets of ten reps for everything. Yep. Um, I'll start off with I'll do bench. Um, I don't know what all the exercises are, but yeah, I'll do bench. Okay. Uh, one where you're like picking up the dumbbell like that. Uh, dumbbell row. Yep. That one. Um, and then push ups. I'll do that as a circuit. So one set is. 10 reps of like each thing on each yes. arm. So. All right, cool. That's like, kind of, yeah, like a hypertrophy, you know, like a muscle building base. But the fact that you do it in a circuit gives you the endurance yeah. aspect. So, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll do lat raises. I'll hop on some machines. I'll do pec flies. Yeah. Um, chin ups and dips. Yep um i'll do a row as well yep um and then the ones where you like pull down like that tricep pull down yep those ones um so yeah that's pretty much a full workout and then i'll finish it off with core um, yep yeah do you do any leg specific stuff as well or is that mainly predominant around just the pedaling so that's just that's my arm day on yeah, so that's Thursday. On Tuesdays, I'll do squats, uh, deadlifts, leg press. Um, I'll do leg extensions, leg curls, uh, hip thrusts. And I feel like I'm missing something. But, yeah, that's about it for leg day. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to get back on the – It's I, lit, I was training – I've been in the gym for like 12 years – I was training like three, four times a week. Then uh, talking about breaking things, I snapped my uh, chain stay and clean axle like clean from the bike. Um, so it's like, yeah, like like complete full snap. Like the but it's where the chain stay snapped was like right at the axle, and so luckily I was able to just replace the chain stay. But when the stay went, the seat stay had bent, and I didn't really. Oh. No, so when I put the new chain stay in, it was trying to pull a bent part straight. Straight. If that, yeah. And then two weeks, like the week of, uh, what's it called? Um, Rocky, yeah, the Superflow. I went to have it, have like a, a service to get it like race ready because I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't done like a full rebuild in so long. Um, and he found two cracks right next to the pivot points for the link for the shock. Yeah, Jays. And I was like, ah. And then I injured myself like a month after that. And so I've got my new bike sitting in the garage waiting on this like So you'd be itching to, to get out. Oh, bro, absolutely. It's driving. I've literally, because I've been at home for three weeks and I'm just like, and I'm still, I'm still in the gym like pre-surgery and stuff like getting... So like hearing a bit, hearing hearing about your training and stuff, I'm like, ah, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. I was off the bike earlier in the year after Cannonball. Um, yeah. Did you have a, and, you have a stack down there? Yeah. So that week, like, it was going insane. It was my first elite racing. Yep. And yeah, I got a fourth and fifth in the first two events, and then downhill. I was practicing last practice run before my um seeding run, and just over the hangers broke my t12 just a compression fracture to my t12 vertebrae um, so it's a compression oh, fracture yes i remember yeah I, I remember the stack that's right yeah it's on my instagram so. yeah 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 it just famous clicked. for it <laughs> yeah now i'm pretty sure it was in moy moy's vlog as well yeah it might have been like I know. everybody he, got it within half an hour of the crash i was just like in the ambulance and phone was blowing up yeah it would have been yeah yeah man how are we off the bike for with that um it was only five weeks i was pretty set on getting ready for and going to still race the enduro world cups in tassie yeah um so a compression fracture is actually in a way it was better than me breaking my arm because it's all stable it's not moving anywhere there's no risk to the spinal cord Yep. It's essentially just like compressed straight down. So I'm just a bit shorter. Um, but yeah, so it was like, I didn't do really any training up until that last week. I was able to hop on the spin bike. Yep. And yeah, literally rode the mountain bike one time before flying to Tassie. Man, so. that is like, yeah, it'll be probably... October, end of October from bombing again, or what I call bombing anyway. Yeah. And come it's so good though, and it's crazy. Like, do you struggle when you couldn't ride and you couldn't train? Did you did you feel like you're going a bit bananas? Yeah, I was sitting on the couch and one of my roommates, um, he's training hard. He did the full Enduro World Series yeah. this year. Is Tom Locke. Yep, I had seeing him there. train and ride is just like doing my head in. I was like <laughs> so jealous, and like we go out to dinner and they're all telling us about like the sick track work that's been done, and I'm like, oh, it's Thanks. so hard, and like yeah. all my bikes are in like the the bedroom or yeah, yeah, yeah. room out there, and it's just like I can so just hop on it and go for a ride, but you got to tell yourself Good. no because you're not ready. That would have been a pain, especially when you're living with people that are racing as well. Like I've, like I said earlier, married two kids, so like the, that's my main concern. But mm. the boys still send me, you know, and the group chats, uh, "Hey, we're hitting here today." Yeah. Um, you know, or we're going this, or someone will tag me in a reel of them riding, and like yeah. I enjoy seeing it, but I'm also like, I want to be doing it. Yeah. Uh, I went and marshaled. They had while I was injured. They had a superflow race at Stromlo, and so I went and marshaled that. I was starting one of the racetracks yep. for that, and just seeing everybody like it's good seeing everybody having a good time and riding. But like, like not oh, the man, same. I, I could beat this guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on the couch, like not doing anything. But yeah, man, it's one of those things that just I guess takes time, eh? Yeah, it's a part. It's one of those things. It's a part of the sport. You got to accept it. Like, 
It's so brutal, bro. Like, yeah. It's funny because I actually didn't hurt. Like, I didn't. Get, I came off my skateboard going to work. Oh, that'll like, do it. Oh, bro. Yeah, I know, right? I've, I've, uh, all the things, the ridiculous things I've done, like bombing hills on a hundred and fifty dollar Kmart bike. You know, <laughs> the things like just. Man, if you live this type of life or you ride motos or you ride skateboards, there's a part of you, in my opinion, that likes the danger. Yeah, 100%. Or you like it for some reason. You When you're like pissing yourself scared when you're about to, or you're hitting a speed that makes you nervous, you're equally as stoked with it. Yeah. And it's like, it feels like you're managing two hyper emotions at the same time and it yeah. just never changed and i was like i was fanging down this hill got a speed wobble and then i'm like i was like oh this could go bad but i was like <laughs> nah. and then when it, <laughs> nah. <laughs> and then it did and i was like oh you know well here i am and it's funny like you said you just it's crazy that we enjoy something that can like off you so bad Mm. for this like i've seen people you know sub you know sub 30 k's you know sub 25 k's break a collarbone just because they watched the front wheel the way they mm. landed like when they went down like it's so brutal how it's such a fun sport but it's so brutal how bad it can spit you out when it wants to yeah it can definitely change your life real quick i've seen the worst end of that but it's yeah something you just got to accept it like in my opinion, yeah. when you are down and injured, when you get back on the bike, you, you enjoy it a lot more. And I just try and enjoy every second on it because I know uh, by the time I'm like 40, I'm not going to be in any state to ride a bike. So just enjoy it as I can. Well, look, I, I, I'm, a, I'm only four years off 40 and um, I feel like I'm doing like I'm, I'm, I'm in pretty good nick. Like I've still got a lot, a lot to give, but considering how hard some people go it wouldn't surprise me if things don't hold up the, yeah the same way but man, it's funny like regardless of age anybody i know um that rides bike has like a youth rides bikes particularly mountain bikes there's a youthfulness to them mm. like there's like a fun there's just something about riding mountain bikes where it brings out such a fun like element i don't really meet salty people and when you do meet a salty person in a crew or someone out of the race day that's got the sooks or whatever it's kind of like oh. yeah you ask if they're there for the right reasons yeah are you like why what, what do you got to be stressed about you're sitting yeah. on probably what's worth you know four five six seven grand's worth of bike so we already know that you're financially more mm. sweet than most people in the world like you're out here in clean air, you're riding a bike, like yeah. you're here with friends or, you know, you had money to to travel out here. It's weird seeing people like, I like I said, I haven't really met many because it just, it's such a fun thing. But it's strange when you see people get salty, like super, like proper salty about stuff. Yeah, you see that at a race, there's always like one or two dudes that are just like bummed out and I'm like, Dude, Why? just ride ride your bike. Like, yeah, you're here, like with 
an opportunity half these dudes in the world won't have, like, to go ride your bike down a hill for fun. Yep. And, like, you've got a bike that's got air in the tyres. you got go down your energy bars. you got everything, so. Go down the hill, mate. It's Some okay. people just, just yeah. Ride bike. Don't, just ride your bike. Don't focus on it. Yeah. What, um... Well, you said fact. I said to your factory team, before, oh, like, what team would you sign with? Um, if you, all right, dream. Do you have like a dream build? Have you ever like, I, I have a team that you know I'd love to. I'd, I'd love. <laughs> he got me good. I'm gonna have to use that as a screenshot. As of when <laughs> I'm thinking, when I'm thinking, and I do this a lot. Like, it's really bad, but like. My body does stuff without me, like, realizing. Um, or, like, I'll do heaps of stuff with my hands. But I have an idea of a team I'd like to be on. But that might not necessarily – that might not essentially be the bike if I could, like, have any parts. Do you yeah. have, like, a dream build? Like, is is there ever, like, a like a thing you see out there, like, brakes you see out there or something that you, like, froth, I want to try those? It's literally, like, this bike here. So sick. Yeah, it's crazy. I've got, like, all my dream parts. I've got, like, XTR, drivetrain, like, full Shimano brakes and everything. Fox suspension, like, top suspension. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. It's wild. Is like, that an anomaly? Have you got uh, an anomaly constructs the, on your seat post? I'm just looking to see. Do you have that anomaly constructs thing that, like, shifts the, um, uh, the saddle, like, yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I'm just using the standard Fox transfer dropper. So. Yeah, okay. Because it looks like it's, it's like, angled, like, uh, maybe it's just the angle of the bike, but it looks like it's angled quite down for climbs. Yeah, I angle mine pretty forwards. Like, I don't know. That's just how I'm comfortable with it. All my, my road bike seats kind of angled down a bit more than most people. It's just yeah. how, how I'm more comfortable riding the bike, so... Do you do? Yeah, hundred percent helps the climb, but I think that's the, why they bought that thing out. Do you, have you ever got hung up on it having that angle though? No, it's this something is, you I think, used to. Yeah, someone I got used to like. Yeah, it's a one seventy five mil dropper, I think. So yeah, it's like pretty long, and yeah, when it's up, it's perfect seat angle for me. It's super comfortable, and when it's down, like. There's a fair bit of clearance between like my ass and the seat, so yeah, gotcha, gotcha. The um stem, what stem are you running to match that XTR? I'm running the Bergtech uh, bars and stem combo. So I got the chrome stem. I had it on my sick. last bike as well, and yeah, it looks sick. It's just like bling. It is bling. That's so dope. It's nice. No, funny, like. I had a um I don't really have like a brand affinity, but I had like an opportunity to like uh, build a a bike up through the people that I do ambassador work for, and I got to do like full spank three five nine front and rear spank fiber core bars and grips, um, yeah. Shimano drivetrain, and oh look, I'd love to you know have oh actually no, I probably would like a bomber coil. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much like a, 
a dream build when you think about it. Like it's gnarly to think you can just piece thing to something together and becomes like a piece of art almost yeah. to you. Yeah, you it's know? crazy. Like this bike's pretty much fully stock anyway. It's like the only things that are different is um my bars and stem. That's legit all that's different. You can buy a bike that comes with all the top line parts, which is crazy. Yeah, all right. Are what are they what um tires are you running? Um I'm supported by Conti, so I'm running the Continental yeah, Crypto Towers. Yep. So yeah. Front is that the front rear. rear combo? Yeah, so I've got the FR, which is their front specific tire. I've got that yep. on the front, and then I've got their RE, which is the rear specific. Rear and yep. So I'm running I'm just running the Enduro casing and the soft compound for both of these, but Inserts? Can... Yeah, I run Tannis Armour front and rear. So. We don't meet a lot of people running inserts in the front. Yeah, I just... I'm a uni student. I don't have the money to replace a wheel, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha. If it's a bit bit more weight and it'll save me a couple hundred bucks, I'm all for it. Next minute, he gets sponsored and the you know, full sponsorship and the inserts go out the door. Yeah, yeah. Might be working on something. Hey, do it, bro. That's cool. But, you know, like you said, it's um working towards that working towards that dream, bro. Yeah. Taking a little what's, steps. What's the actual next race for you, though? I don't actually know, eh? Like, they just kind of pop up. There's two races that I planned, like, in advance that are coming up, which is Enduro Nationals in Red Hill, Victoria. Yep. Um, I think that's late next month. Um, and then Enduro Jam at Medina in December. So, oh, man, I wish that was televised or like in some part. Obviously, you can't really televise an entire Enduro event, but man, Medina is the sickest place to ride. Like, I haven't traveled overseas for riding yet, but. Medina is the cream of the crop for me. Have you ridden Derby as well? Yeah, I rode Derby for the Enduro World Cup. And it was, oh, yeah. Sorry, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was soaking wet, though, so I didn't really get to enjoy it fully, but... Yeah. Man, I've heard, man, everybody I've heard, uh, I know that's been to Medina just, like, can't speak highly enough of the place, eh? Yeah, well, like, you do one one day there and your riding improves so much because it's just a landscape that, like, a terrain that I haven't seen anywhere else in Australia. Like, we got Blue Range out here in Canberra, which is pretty similar. Yep. But Medina is just a whole level, different level of steep and rough. Yeah, it's, it's a cool spot. Man, that sounds sick. Now, you'll have to get out. Um, I rode... August last year, um, the Fakadua Real Forest, where they have the Crankworks Rotorua with Redwoods and the Taniwa Downhill. Like I rode in the Redwoods last year, and right, I reckon Canada. Like if you like Medina, like obviously Derby is is Derby. You'll love somewhere like the Redwoods, bro. Like is it is just mind blowing. Like you just be like pine trees, pine trees. All of a sudden. You're out in the open on a cliffside, then you dip back in, and then it's like this clay, like BMX track, 
like and you know it looks like horror movie trees and you just you know everything so much in australia is dry and everybody i met, I met that's come from an elevation meeting is like oh it's so rocky like man, yeah. that's just that's just man out man, middle of winter here you know compared to other winters i mean obviously i'm in queensland but our weather here is so good. Like you can pretty much write all year round in every state. Yeah, it's nice and warm up there. Can't say the same about Canberra. But... <laughs> yeah, not not exactly the warmest the warmest place in the world. But like, there's not really many times in the year where you can't ride. You know what I mean? It yeah. does mean that it will be a lot drier. But... Yeah. Well, we don't get snow down here. Down in like Dreadbay, obviously you do, but. Yeah. yeah, you can still ride the, all year round, which is pretty different to most other countries. 100%. I think, oh, who? I don't know who it was. I was listening to a review on Enduro Races on, but I think why we're seeing like a lot of excess success around Aussie riders in the past couple of years, like, you know, the My Smith boys, Troy's always been so super consistent because all year round here, guys can train. Yeah. Like if you like you can come home, you know, from a from a season, whether it's, you know, enduro or downhill, and you can almost get straight back on the bike. Like you don't have to wait for days and days of rain. Like could you you hear like uh uh Oyster Callahan that rides for Y Team Mob, he loves the rain because where he's from That's all it is. That's all it is. And I can't yeah. imagine living in that because my whole life I've lived in Aussie. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, when it rains, like it friggin' rains, but it rains more here in the summer. Like it was just so whack. But like, can you imagine them coming here and just like, oh, I want it to rain. You're like, what? Yeah. You know, like, because if we rain here, we we kind of don't ride. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I love the rain. Like I love riding in the mud. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, I feel like because whenever it's muddy, like I, I don't really care. I'll go ride anyways. I feel like I'm pretty strong in the mud, but yeah, it's it's definitely we the Aussie riders are definitely stronger in the dry conditions than hundred percent the UK people. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, I can't. I'm very thankful for the for the place we have. Like you you do see people whinge like, you know, whinge a lot about sometimes their local areas. And I think, man, if you go, oh, actually, another guest that I had, oh, the episode will come out probably a couple before yours, but um, he just talked about a little bit about you know people's reaction, like locally to like where they ride and like kind of the general public will like whinge about some of the areas that they have or, you know, things they got to run. I was like, man, we can ride though. Yeah. All year. Like I said, all year round, almost any state. Yeah. Perfect to train in, perfect to, you know, to ride in. I guess you got me. Yeah. Yeah. No, my earpods just keep falling out. So, Oh, bro, these things are like, same sort of thing. Like every, every like twenty minutes, I have to like wiggle them. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been like pushing them back in. So, man, what's so? What's the? You've got next couple of races. 
end of the year, how soon are you going to book flights? So, like, you're committing, like, where's the, where's the first race for the EDR, EDR? I'll say EDR. Where's the first race for the EDR next year? Um, well, the calendar's not actually released it yet. It should be coming out early August. So, I think last year it came out, yeah, kind of second week of August. Yeah. So, as soon as that comes out, I'll be, yeah, looking out. Like, I'm probably, if I can't get to all the races, I'm going to try and at least get to the big blocks where there's, like, three weeks and I can get three races done and that. Yep. Try to get to the ones that are grouped together. It'll be a bit easier to do that. So, I'll try to do as much as I can. But, yeah, I'll try and get onto that straight away before accommodation and stuff sells out. Man, you, so, you know, it gets released. Are you booking it straight away as soon as the dates come out? Yeah, definitely accommodation. Boom. Yeah, cool. Accommodation is the thing that sells out. Like, Medina, there's, like, 20 houses there. So, getting accommodation for the Enduro World Cup was almost impossible. But I don't know how it is over overseas, but I assume it's probably a bit better. But not taking any chance. I'm going to try and book that straight away. Boom. Bro, how do you – I just had this thought. Uni, full-time or part-time? Uh, kind of part-time. I'm just doing one subject less each semester, and then I did those in the winter semester, which I just finished. Yeah. So I'm doing three subjects semester one, two subjects in the winter semester, three subjects semester two. So. And working. Yeah. And training. You must be incredibly good at time management. Oh, I try. It's, yeah, definitely, like, Training in itself is like a full-time job. 100% it is, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know, I try and, I, like, plan out my days on, like, i got, like, a day planner app. I try plan out my days, like, a couple of days ahead, so I yep. tick everything off at a certain time and stick to that. It helps me stay on track, but it's definitely hard to get everything in sometimes. Did you find it easier when you're at home with the? Because obviously you, you're just rooming now, aren't you? Like you, you got some roommates in that. Yeah, I'm staying on campus at the uni. We got like a five shared kind of dorm room where we got our own bedrooms, but we share the couch, the kitchen, bathroom. Yeah, everything else. That. Yeah. Did you find it easier to stay on top of things when you were at home? Um, at home it's actually a bit hectic. I found it pretty hard because my family we do obviously I've got three siblings but we also do foster care for newborn babies oh cool bro that's awesome so yeah we've always got like little babies hanging out or at the moment we got a toddler who's running around the house it's so being here is like gives me a bit more free time than i had back uh, yeah because i'd have to help out a lot more so yeah yeah it's definitely a bit easier being down here it's funny, like you, how it's kind of like all lined up, you know, being at home. You know, not that it's a bad thing, but you're going to have to help out with family and the foster kids more. The one place you wanted to study, or the one course you wanted to study, was in Canberra. Good writing in Canberra. Better scheduling for training, studying. Like, sounds like you know everything's lining up pretty well man like you you got the perfect concoction for success there yeah 100 percent. it's like all come together really smoothly um yeah and yeah i just take an opportunity as it comes it's 
yeah, kind of worked pretty like better than I thought it would. So you must wake up some mornings and be like, damn, this is looking pretty pretty tidy right now. Yeah, hundred percent. Man, I'm just looking at the time. I think we'll cut it there. I am so stoked to have a young dude on that like is you know up and coming racer aspirations like i want to have more more people on like this because like i said obviously instagram is instagram and you know we are that's only a snippet of what people see about you know everybody's story is worth something but that is only a snippet of what everyone sees everyone can post their bike bike videos but i genuinely think having people's stories and ideas and these yarns like out there can add to you know hopefully it helps you and people get to know more about who you are and like your aspirations for racing and people, you know, who knows who could see this, that could help support your, your journey in, in some way, bro. Yeah. hundred percent stoked to be on it. It was real cool. Yeah. Well, I just, like I said, man, I, I mean, like, you know, watching along for a bit and like, obviously there's a crew of guys around you that um, I, I follow as well that hopefully someone that I want to get on, but I just thought, I like the vibes, like, and I obviously was like, hmm, Tony Cruz. I was like, I have to know what, <laughs> <laughs> I have to know what that means, bro. So I appreciate your time, bro. Like, I I knew your schedule was hectic, but I had no idea it would be, you know, that gnarly, bro. So I appreciate you taking the time because you could be studying right now or you could sleep, be sleeping for training tomorrow. So I don't even know how you'd be factoring in sleep. I set your alarm each night and each morning and you just... That's it. Yeah, head to the pillow. It's pretty easy. Oh, yeah. That's look, the, that's look the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that was episode... Oh, my gosh. Seven, I think. Yeah, episode seven. Toby Giro, thank you so much um, for coming on, bro. I really, really appreciate your time considering how gnarly the schedule is. And, man, I wish you all the best. And... Pro Circuit next year. Let's go. EDR yeah. or EWS. Um, man, foot on the gas, bro. Chase that dream. Yeah, will do. Thanks for having me. All good, man. Thank you so much. Peace. The Fully Pinned Podcast.